Hi, and welcome to the Wise Women's Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Council. And with a background as a naturopath, I thought I knew exactly what happened to women when they reached menopause until I experienced it myself. I then realized that there was so much more to this time of life than what was written in the textbooks. I decided it was time to bring this stage of life out of the closet and to have some open and honest conversations with women who are going through the same journey. Wise Women's Conversation has been created to share information and experiences from other wise women in our community. Sit back and listen to the wise women speak. Welcome to this week's episode of Wise Women Conversations. Now, this is another interview that I did for the Marga Woman magazine. And this week, I am so excited to bring to you the interview that I did with Karen Smith. Now, Karen Smith is a dear friend of mine. She is an inspiration. Her background is that she was a a Bali bomb survivor, so she survived the bombing in Bali. Uh, She experienced depression for many, many years after coming back from Bali as two of her best friends were killed in Bali. And... As I said, she lived with depression for a very long time, but since that time, Karen has gone on to share her story around the world. She's Australia's number one international speaker, but Karen is, she is an inspiration. She's very spiritual. She's a spiritual leader. She's a spiritual teacher. She's a coach. She's a mentor, and I have learned so much from Karen over the years and I'm hoping that you will really love this interview or it was actually this conversation that we had. Um, we talk about living an effortless life and um, Karen shares how you know, the times when in the past when she was you know, a very highly strung businesswoman um, striving to get to the top of her game and how she now does things with effortless ease. We also talk about discovering who you are, uh, particularly when you're in this mid-stage of life and and who you are and how you show up for the world and the, and the way that you quite often change when you get to, you know, the 45, 50 year and you, you're no longer happy with just being who everybody else expected you to be. So we go into that a lot. And we also talk about, and I share some of my experiences on um, the difference between letting go and acceptance and where sometimes letting go can be stressful or can cause stress, whereas acceptance brings ease into our life. We Look, we discussed so many different things. We also talked a lot about ego versus the essence and how we as women, as people, spend a lot of time in our ego rather than allowing our essence to come out and show the world who our our real self is. We hide behind masks and we hide behind the ego. So this, I'm certainly hoping you enjoy this interview. It was a joy for me to to actually do this, have this conversation. I always love having conversations like this with Karen. And just before I do go, since um, we recorded this, um, Karen has created something called the Spirit Hive. Now, Spirit Hive is a regular spiritual gatherings. Um, at the moment, they're being held on the Sunshine Coast and in Brisbane in Queensland, but they're going to Townsville, Sydney, Melbourne later um, in this year. Um, so as I said, they're spiritual gatherings. Um, they're not a church. They're not religious, but it's 
people who come together who are driven to awaken their hearts and to to actually open their mind to a radical awareness and self-discovery. It's an experience of universal intelligence and oneness, and it's 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 truly once again anything that's Karen's involved in. It's very hard to explain. It's something you have to experience. So I highly recommend that you check it out. It is free to attend. Um, and if you want to learn more about that, just go to www.spirithive.org. They have got so many services on there. They've got counselling services. They've got youth services. And Karen is growing this at a very, very uh, unbelievably fantastic rate. So um, you will find out more if you visit her website. And if you go over to the Marga Woman Project website, you will find an article that Karen also wrote for the Marga Woman magazine. And you can, I've got all the links to everything in the show notes. So check it all out. Enjoy this wise woman conversation and let me know what you think about it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Marga Woman TV. And thanks for joining us. And today I've got an absolute pleasure, a delight, a jewel for you to meet. <laughs> Karen Smith is one of my dearest, dearest friends. She is my greatest inspiration. She has changed my life so much in the last few years and she's changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of women. This woman has got a message for the world. She's been through a lot in her life, but she's taken that and she's changed it and she's brought it to life. And the essence of who Karen is, is like you kind of feel like you're in you, 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 with one of the greats when you're standing with her because her energy is just unbelievable and she's really, really funny. So hopefully she'll tell us a few jokes. <laughs> Some people may know of Karen. She is Australia's number one international speaker. She also has a number one podcast um, uh, called Up For A Chat. She travels around the world. She speaks around the world. Karen, welcome to Amaga <laughs> Woman TV. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And oh my God, I, I was kind of, I, I had this smile kind of hurting my cheeks with everything that you were saying, but I almost felt like I wanted to sob. That's the most beautiful thing anybody has ever it's said. all true. And oh. as we're sitting here, I've got your light coming in on me and you've got a light, you've got an angel behind you too. Oh, have I? Yes, you do. Oh, I can't see that. Yes, there's an angel on the wall behind you. When you get the video back, you'll see it. Oh, yay. <laughs> so we've both got our spiritual guides oh, sitting with us. That's right. The earth moved and the angels sang. That's right. <laughs> so, Karen, what I wanted you to share with us today, because one of the big things, we've just been having a little bit of a chat um, before I hit record, and we should have hit record earlier, but you've changed the way I think about things. And over the last few weeks, I've been sharing Facebook Lives about attachment and work as, as I worked through it, I kind of had your voice in my head <laughs> until I kind of got to the stage where I realized that I was sitting in a place of ego rather than essence. And one of your main messages is that we can live an effortless life. Mm -hmm. And many women, when they get to their mid stage of life, their MAGA stage, they're a little bit confused as to what the next stage is. They know that they want something different and life has been pretty tough for them. For many of them, they're stressed, they're burnt out and they can't really see how it is possible to live an effortless life. But it is possible because I've seen you go from a really high performing um, 
type A, everything's got to be done exactly right and looking, everything's got to be perfect, to someone who is doing this effortlessly but getting better results in her business and in her life than she ever, ever has. Yeah. So share with our viewers, as my dog's barking in the background. I love him. I love him. He's saying hello to me, brother. He, he saying, is. Just, you know, he's saying hello to me. He's living an effortless life. Share with us. How do we live an effortless life? What do we do? I mean, we don't just flick a switch. It's who we are being. Oh, you're so spot on. It's, you know, I think I'm definitely a mother woman, so I totally fit into your category. And one thing I want to say to everybody that's listening is that, you know, that phase of life of moving into, I don't know who I am, I don't know what to do with myself, I don't know what's next for me, that phase of moving into that aspect of your life is really normal and it's a very natural part of what's called expansion. And when, particularly, and, and I'm just speaking for women here, and, and, you know, obviously I can't speak for a man because I'm not one, but, you know, specifically for women, we go through these phases and stages in our lives where we, it's almost like every decade brings with it different challenges. And once we hit the 40 to 50 and the 50 to 60, life becomes more about decluttering. It becomes about more about cleaning out. It becomes about more of an internal focus. Because up until that stage, all of the decade, phases have been about discovering who we are in a relationship, discovering who we are in a job, discovering who we are as a parent, discovering who we are and how we fit into the world. But what's really interesting, it's almost like when we turn 40, it's almost like a bit of a, a milestone where it's like, you know what, I so don't have to put up with that shizbang anymore and I'm not listening to what anybody else has got to say to me. And then as we start edging towards the 50s and beyond, it's more about Where's my strength? What's this piece of life doing? Where do I fit? And what am I doing with this piece of life now? Because my responsibilities have changed. And I think it's a beautiful invitation for us to stop looking at the world outside of ourselves. And it's very normal and it's very natural, but it is an invitation. And whether we answer the call to that invitation or not, that's what determines the effortlessness of our lives. And that call is a call inward. It's a call inward to discover who is this, what is this, what am I, who am I, how do I contribute, what do I want to contribute now, because it will be remarkably different to what you've been contributing all along. And it will almost be as if the world turns. And it's almost like, you know, we've been living in, in, the, in the brightness of the sun for all of our lives. And then when we hit this phase, we begin to bask in the milkiness of the moon. Still shining bright light, but a different, a different shade and a different phase. So effortlessness comes when one first step, we've got to answer the call to go inside. And a lot of people have got a lot of resistance to that, Ange. You know that from, you know, seeing all the hundreds of people that you and I have both worked with mm. over the years. Um, a lot of people have got a lot of resistance to going inward because it's either if I do that, well, then it becomes boring and big whoop. And if I know myself, then what? Who cares? And it's also not predictable. Yeah. You know, at least the world outside, I can predict what I'm going to get. If I behave like an ass, I'm going to get a certain outcome. <laughs> and if I behave, um, you know, trying to make friends and be accepted, then I'm also going to get a certain outcome. But 
we also have to take responsibility, don't we? Because sometimes looking inside, some of the stuff that comes back again is not so nice. It's not so great. But until we can own that, nothing will change. Oh, love. Your words are just like music. <laughs> it's true. It, it's, it's so true. You know, I, I, I remember when I first started this whole inward journey, um, I was 42 actually. And, but, but I think, you know, my whole life I've kind of been fairly spiritual. And after going through the Bali bombing and losing my partner to suicide, those were the real catalysts for change for me. But still my world was very much focused outwards. You know, that happened when I was 30, 32. And my world was about, okay, well, this has happened to me. I've recovered from my suicidal depression and now it's time for me to make a difference to the world. And it was vital, necessary for me to give out the very thing that I needed for myself. And then when I hit 42, which is exactly a decade later, mm. and if we look at our lives, it does kind of happen in decade phases. Um, exactly a decade later, I returned to being vegan after a five-year break. I returned to being vegan. I returned to eating raw foods thanks to your help and your support. And I started to recognize that if anything was really going to change or if I was really going to make a difference to the world, I had to make a difference to this world. And I took everything that I've been learning and turned it in. And, you know, I've got to say, there was a period of depression there for me for a little while because what I saw inside, it was ugly. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of hurt, you know. And, and as women, I think we can find a lot of self-abuse inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can find a lot of external abuse, you know, like if you've been in abusive relationships or you potentially had child abuse situations when you were growing up. You know, for women, being the meeker sex, and I don't say weaker because in a lot of respects, I actually think women are far more yeah. agile. Um, but I think being the meeker sex, there's been a culture where domination and intimidation has been part of our cultural upbringing that has left wounds for us as women. And we can't lay the blame outside because we've got to look inside, you know, and now it's an inward journey. And like you've said, we've got to accept responsibility for what's there. That's kind of the first step and be in a state of acceptance for what's there, but not from a point of view of, oh, I'm such an idiot, but from mm. the point of view of, oh, my God, look at how powerful and beautiful and strong I've been because I've created all that I've created in my life, even with these words. I'm amazing because look at all that I am, even with this yeah. suffering. Yeah, and I think um, as we come into this Marga woman stage, I, uh, the way I describe it and what I believe happens is it's a time for our the little girl with inside of us that we put away many, many years ago. She starts to come out, but now she's wiser than she ever, ever was. I thought but, you were going to say now she's wilder. <laughs> well, she could be that too <laughs> because she was probably a little bit wild when she was little, but we had to, we put a lid on that. But she, now she's wiser and she, we need to rebirth her. We need to allow her to come out. And a lot of women are scared of her because they've, they've never really known her. And I think that's where a lot of conflict comes. And as we go deep inside, we will bring her out. My dog's still talking to you. 
it's all right. We'll, it'll be okay. That's what live videos are all about. Oh, look, totally. And I think everybody that's watching, I am the animal whisperer and the secret lover of all animals. And, and they know, they know when I'm in the room or they know when I'm around and they all start barking because they all say, I want to come live with you, Kazza. <laughs> well, when he's making that much noise, he can come and live yes. with you. <laughs> But yes, back to the video. Um, Yes, so I believe that this is when women really rebirth themselves. And you're right, they heal their their wounds. And I've had another um, guest on the show and she talked about healing the wounds from our womb, that women hold their wounds in their womb. And which is why as we um, age, sometimes we have problems with, you know, pelvic floor and all of that type of stuff. It's because we've got wounds. And when we heal those wounds, we come into ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And that whole having the womb as the seat um, for women, I think is um, definitely worth exploring. It's definitely worth investigating and it's definitely worth opening up that conversation because it is one of the things that does make us women and it is also um, the creator. It's the aspect of us that is about creation. And I was reading an article the other day about the goddess Kali. She's the goddess of destruction and creation in Eastern philosophy and it just it really just kind of rang true with me with what you're suggesting around the womb in that she's about all of life but she's also about destruction she's about creation and destruction and that she's not discriminate and it's not slanted one way or the other and i think that as women we have the ability especially as maga women we have the ability to create a new experience for ourselves a new level of being and a new understanding of who and what we truly are which includes the destruction of who we've been and what we are no longer willing to carry with us. And, you know, uh, metaphorically thinking of the pelvic floor and the collapsing of the pelvic floor, the weakening of the pelvic floor is because there is so much load. We are carrying such a heavy load in that area on a cellular level that it can't but not weaken or, or collapse, but it requires fortification. You know, and it requires attention and it requires the, um, the, the awareness of it. And if, if you just think about that for a second, and this kind of is going to give your listeners and a bit of a way in, um, one of the things that we do, and obviously you and I have quite a giggle about this, but one of the things that we do at our effortless self-retreats is around taking your awareness inside. So to take your awareness to your right elbow and then take your awareness to your left ear, And now take your awareness to your womb and become aware of what it feels like in there. And I'm doing it right now and I can feel it's heavy. In myself, I can feel it's heavy. And I'm in this work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. But I think when we, just, just in that exercise of taking your awareness to your right nostril, you know, you get an experience of your awareness. You get to feel, oh, That's what it feels like when my awareness is focused in here. So now take your awareness to your belly button, the inside, the space just behind your belly button. And just by doing that, we get a direct experience of what it feels like to be 
inwardly focused, what it feels like to move our awareness inside of ourselves. And then take your awareness out now, outside of you, to an object that's within your line of sight. It might be a cushion, a chair, a lamppost. Can you feel the difference between the deep soothing sensation that you feel when your awareness is inside to the relatively benign, mm. cold, um, aspectless sensation that your awareness has when it's placed outside? It's kind of like a nothingness. That's right. So that is the diff that, that's the way to effortlessness because we can still do the groceries, wash the dishes, help the kids. We can still do all of those sorts of things while our awareness is anchored somewhere inside. So pick a spot and anchor the awareness inside and hold it there for the day and then go out and do what you've got to do inside. And uh, Sorry, go out and do what you've got to do outside. But when your awareness is anchored outside on external situations, external circumstances, then you never get to feel that beautiful, deep, warm, soothing that you feel when your awareness is anchored inside. And when it's anchored inside, you discover the difference between ego and essence or ego and awareness. Because when, when the awareness is outside, it's always about ego and, like you've said earlier, attachment. And I'm really keen for you to, well, I mean, I'm not keen, but it would be great for you to share that with everybody, your big aha moment this week because... It's so powerful what you've discovered. And I just, I, I, I guess I kind of just wanted to give everybody a bit of context for that is that, you know, your awareness and essence of you, the authenticity, the congruence, the real true you, that's what becomes, that, that's what is out to play naturally. You don't have to try. It's what's out to play when you anchor your awareness inside on your belly button, but the space inside your belly button, behind your belly button, or in your womb, or in your right nostril, or your right eyebrow. Now, when you anchor your awareness there, then the real you is able to come out to play. But when you anchor your awareness outside on people's personalities, what so-and-so did, what so-and-so said, what needs to be done, the bills, the groceries, the chores, the stress, when you anchor your awareness out there, you're completely out of control and you're completely acting from a place of ego, which only ever brings suffering in the long run. Yeah, and you're so right. And I will share the story for those who are watching this. Over the last couple of weeks, I've realised that um, I've been attached to things. I've been attached to material things. I'm attached to how things should be in, in my life, how people should be acting, all of this stuff. And that's been causing me an almighty load of stress, yeah. uh, particularly around, you know, family, health and things like that. And, like, and I've been in a fair bit of pain and the pain has just been getting worse and worse as I've been more and more attached to what's going on with my husband's health. And it's like I've been doing, I thought I was doing all the work and I thought what I've got to do is let it go and just let it go. But I couldn't because when you're in some of these things, sometimes it's hard to let it go because it's, it overtakes you. But I knew there was another way and I've recently spent um, nearly a week with Karen on retreat um, and even then I was kind of, I was giving, I was trying to give it away and it, it, there was something that still wasn't working and it was only recently this week that I've been doing a bit of meditation and I've been um, doing some journaling and I just had this big aha movement and it was, 
it was my ego that wanted to let things go because it's my ego that's attached to the way things should be. I, I feel like I should be in control and really I'm not in control of anything except for my reactions. But for, and I've spoken to many other women and they're feeling the same way. It's like we want to clear, we want to release this stuff. But when I realised that was the ego, it's like when I step out of my ego and go into inside, there is nothing to release because it is just what it is. I just accept it. It's just, it just is. But inside, the essence of me has no attachment. It just doesn't, it, it, it's hard to explain until you actually get there because there is nothing there. It's like, it's just love. And whatever happens is just love. And this is, and I'm still working on it. And I'm, and you know, every single day I'm becoming more and more aware of when I'm attaching to things and outcomes and all of that. And every time I become aware of it, I just pop back inside and say, ego, go away. Who am I? Because when I'm just me and the essence of me, the little girl who really doesn't have attachments to anything, everything is okay. There's no stress. There's no overwhelm. There's no sadness. There's just, it just is. And it's, it's unbelievably, as you say, effortless. We just live effortlessly when we get out of that ego space. But it's hard. It takes time. It's not easy. I think the point that you make is so valid in that it does take practice. This is not something that we're used to doing. Right from the time that we're little kids, we are um, told to be focused on the world outside of ourselves and conditions. So, you know, we kind of, you, we reach a point where, <coughs> excuse me, we reach a point where we've experienced all that life has got to experience pretty much. You know, most, most, of, the, most of the experiences that exist in life, we can kind of predict the emotional feeling that we're going to have as a result of those experiences. So now we're kind of at a stage of life where we're looking for more. We're looking for what else there is. And if we keep doing the same things, we're going to keep getting the same results. And at the end of the day, we're all going to land up in a box, right? So it's about really discovering what else is there that you haven't looked at because that's the very thing that's got all of your answers and all of the bliss and the joy and the, mag the magic that you're looking for. So to be able to say, okay, well, I've been, I know the world outside, you know, I mean, there are certainly, there are some different experiences that I can have. There are some different things that I can do, but I kind of have a sense of how those are going to feel for me emotionally. So yeah, I can go do different things, but you know, it'll only give me a buzz temporarily, but then I'm going to go back to feeling the same way that I've been feeling, you know, of late. So what can I, who can I be? What can I do? that I haven't done before? What kind of exploration journey can I launch that I haven't, I haven't experienced? And that's only an inward journey, a spiritual journey of who is this and what is this? And it does take time. It does take application. It does take attention. But one thing I can say is that if we don't pay attention, we do pay with pain. Because when we reach this phase in our lives, it's almost as if our old way of living is unacceptable. Mm. So we have to make the change. We have to be willing to go inside and do the work and have a look inside. And Byron Katie has an amazing process called The Work. Yeah. So if everybody wants to have a look at that, you can go to thework.com um, or Byron Katie's website. She's got it all there for you and it's all free. 
So she's got a really wonderful um, self-inquiry exercise, which is a beautiful way to get started. Certainly conversations like this with people who are, um, you know, perhaps a little bit further along the path that can light the way for you. But your willingness to um, be in the game and to participate with this inside who this is and what this is, um, that's, that's really your first step. And the beautiful part about that is that this moment is inevitable. So if you really think about what that means is this moment is inevitable. What's occurring and unfolding in this moment, it's inevitable. It was always going to occur. It was always going to unfold. So our resistance or rejection to it is the very thing that causes us suffering. The Dalai Lama says exactly the same thing. And, and Buddha says, our belief that things should be anything other than the way that they are is the cause of all suffering. Mm. And that's, that's, the, that's the big awareness that I've had in the last week or so. It's like I can sit here in a place of stress, overwhelm, sadness, fear, all of that, yeah. or I could just accept that this is exactly the way it's meant to be and everything will happen the way it's meant to be. And I have no control over that anyway. So why would I sit there? Me stressing is not going to change what's going to happen. Mm. It's, my reaction will only change the way I behave. It doesn't change anything that happens on the outside world. I can only change the way I react. And if I stop being stressed and overwhelmed, well, then I can make different decisions. I can approach things differently because I'm a different person when I'm not being that stressed, overwhelmed, afraid, sad, all of that. I can approach things differently, which means things may turn out differently or they may not, but that's the way it is. Yeah. It's, and it's just so freeing when you kind of have that realisation. And I've had that realisation a few times over the years, but it's, we tend to jump. It's, bad, it's, a, it's a habit to go back into the poor me, all of that, because that's what we know. That's how we grew up. You know, it, with ego, it's basically what we were taught. And it's just really continuing. As you, I mean, I know that you're, you do the work all of the time and you're continually doing it over and over and over again. But I've also seen you drop back into being ego. Totally. And, and we all do it. And that's what I think, you know, women who are watching this don't think that because you, you feel like you're dropping back into ego and you're back into the emotion that you're doing something wrong. You're just being human. Mm. And it's, it's really about being aware that, you know, we'll drop in and out, but the more you focus and the more aware you become, the more you can go inside rather than outside. Mm. And I think that that's such a valid point in that who we are is different when we're in the attachment and what we and our conditioned beliefs and habits and behaviors that, you know, who says that when someone's sick, we have to behave a certain way, mm. you know, like when I'm sick, my mum is different with me than what my partner Matt is. And then my sister's different with me. And then my friends are different with me. Everybody has a different way of handling when someone they care for is, is not well. So we've all made it up as to how we need to respond to stressful situations. You know, like if, if, if I don't have any money, I respond in a certain way. And if Matt doesn't have any money, he responds in a different way. And if you don't have any money, you would respond in a different way. 
So we've all been conditioned as to how to respond in stressful situations. And it's not a truth. It's just a conditioning and it's mm. just a belief system about that, that we personally have that when things like this happen, this is how I need to react. But in actual fact, there's no, there's no, um, it's a very tight grip when stressful situations occur. We have a very, very tight grip. We can feel we contract inside, it feels painful, we feel tight, we feel small, we feel um, powerless. And all of those experiences are not the feelings. If you think about it from a, a, a universal or a spiritual point of view, and, and hopefully everybody that's listening to this kind of gets all of that. <laughs> if not, they'll learn. They'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, you know, we don't know why we're here. We don't know how we got here. We don't, I mean, there's lots of theories about it, but nobody truly knows, right? So we can only really just look at what nature, the example that nature gives us. When I look at a tree, trees have stress responses, for sure. Like if somebody puts poisoning on them, they'll have a stress response. Or if somebody starts to cut their branches or their leaves, they have a stress response. And they have, you know, beautiful connection um, with each other and they communicate with each other and so on. But, you know, if we pull a tree or a, or a vegetable out of the garden, the world doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Consciousness, the world, keeps going. Mm. So if we can just look at nature and say, well, okay, well, we can have those responses, but it doesn't actually change consciousness. It doesn't change the flow of life just because one tree is pulled out or we pull a carrot out of the ground. So the purpose of nature and the purpose of life, everything is, is temporary. Everything is here for a period and then it's not. And so if we look at everything in our lives, even our relationships, they're here for a period and then they're not. Our money, it's here for a week and then you spend it. And then, you know, your car, you put petrol in it and it runs out. You know, you, your energy in your own body, you have energy and you burn it. You know, we have thoughts and then they burn out. We have emotions and then they burn out. So everything has a natural ebbing and flowing and a coming and going in nature. And if we can kind of allow ourselves to be in the flow of our natural responses without resistance and without conditioning, then, yeah, we might still have a stress response or we might still have an anxiety or we might still have a nervousness or we might still have a tension, but it comes and it goes and that too is temporary. But the problem that we have as a society is we've been conditioned to hold on. Mm. We've been conditioned to hold on to that stress and tell ourselves a story that perpetuates more and more and more of it rather than looking at this moment as being whatever exists in this moment, it is inevitable. Now, let me be with that inevitability. And then what's in the next moment? Well, it's whatever is in this moment. It is inevitable. Let me be with that inevitability. Would I like to create something different? Most definitely. But can I create from this pinched off, tight, contracted position? No chance. So my, my releasing of the situation, like you've said before, if I'm not stressed and if I'm not, you know, worried and I'm not, you know, behaving in that way, then it feels better inside of you. And then, you know, you, some, you may create a different outcome. And it's absolute truth. We all know that when we're in the flow of life, everything works beautifully, yeah. you know, and bad things can happen, but we're still in the flow of life and we can handle it. 
But when we're pinched off tight and contracted because we've got this conditioned belief to tell ourselves more and more stories and fight imaginary battles that are based in the future, which causes anxiety, then we've really, well, we've cut off the flow of life, but we've certainly got ourselves stuck in a position where we're no longer creating. I could sit here and listen to you for oh. hours and hours and hours, and I've done that on many a time. Oh, my God, and I've just rambled and I'm so <laughs> No, sorry. you haven't. No, you haven't rambled. You never ramble. Everything you say is purposeful. It's exactly what was meant to happen. The moment was inevitable. It was. <laughs> but could you, and you've already shared a, a, a few things, but could you share three things that if one of our viewers is going, okay, I know that it's time for change, yeah. but they're not sure what to do. What are three things, you know, we spoke about being aware, aware. What are three things that you think that could actually get them on the journey and then hopefully their next step is then they will follow you and go further on the journey? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, by surrounding, well, okay, so I'll start first. First things first is recognizing that there is a desire for change. There is a dis, not a disease, but an unease inside of you with the way that things have been. And to look at that as something that's exciting because it's the body and the mind and the soul communicating to you and calling you forward to something different. So the first thing is to not be in resistance of that and to not feel like that's a depressive state and to feel like that's something that, wow. You know, my body is so clever and so intuitive that it's calling me to do something different. It's showing me what doesn't work for me anymore and it's calling me to do something different. I don't know what that different is, but I'm excited that my body is giving me signs. So first of all, be in a state of excitement about this desire for change because it's natural, it's normal, and it happens to every single one of us. You are not alone. That's right. <laughs> The second thing is to begin to just flirt with taking your awareness inside. Like focus on the space behind your belly button. And now focus on the space behind your eyes or your right eye specifically. And then the space behind your left eye. And now take your awareness to your pinky on your right hand. And then your big toe on your left foot. And just become aware and familiar with that sensation. So let that exercise, nobody needs to know you're doing it, but let that exercise be your go-to in the beginning. Let that be your go-to. Whenever you feel overwhelmed or wherever you feel like you can't cope or there's situations that are beyond your control or you feel like you're in resistance or tightness, do that exercise. Take your awareness to the back of your throat, your right shoulder, and move your awareness around your body. Do it slowly. I'm doing it a little bit quickly, but do it slowly. And you'll start to feel a sense of self-soothing. So that's the second step. The third step that I'd recommend for everybody is to get yourself a beautiful big journal, something like this sort of size that um, you can keep next to your bed with a really lovely pen and keep that next to your bed. And then every morning before you get out of bed or get out of bed, go wee, come back, jump back into bed and then do what um, Julia Cameron suggests. She's written a book called The Artist's Way. And this is just how I got started. She suggests that every morning you do what's called morning pages and you dump what's in your head. doesn't matter what's in there, but you're not allowed to take the pen off the page until you've filled three pages. 
So sometimes I'll write, I'll start my writing and I'll say, oh my God, I have nothing to write, but here I am writing anyway. Still nothing. <laughs> That's to what write. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still nothing to write. Bored now. I don't know. I'm bored. <laughs> really? I'm hungry. Need to get up. Bored, 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 bored. Oh, actually, you know, it's just, you know, what's just come to mind? is a memory that I have about this guy that irritated me. OMG, let me tell you about that. <laughs> and then I go on and I can sometimes write 12 pages. So by doing that, what you're actually doing from a psychological point of view is you're emptying the brain of all of its initial thoughts. And it's those initial thoughts that create the neurological networks and the chain reactions that occur throughout the course of the day. So your very first thought sets off a chain reaction that drives who you are and your behavior and how you feel for the rest of the day. Mm. So if we can arrest it first thing in the morning and get them out of your head and onto some pages, be willing to burn the pages. No one's going to see this book. Be willing to burn it. So it's just really, you know, um, gobbledygook and, and, and mess yeah. inside of your head. Get it out of your head and your day starts clearer. It's kind of like a form of meditation. And if you can go and meditate after that, bonus. But those are my first three steps um, to get you started on the journey of self-awareness and the effortless self, is to become present to what's, what's here. I love morning pages. And I know that when I do it, life just goes so effortlessly when I don't that's when because sometimes I get out of the habit you know things change and you know your life comes in and gets in the way and I just get out of the habit and that's mm -hmm. when I start getting myself back into that overwhelm what's going on all of that and it's, I become aware and then I'm back into okay I've got to do morning pages yeah. because they, they just make such a difference and the other thing that you taught me and I've spoken about this a couple of times, is having um, the evidence journal, which um, I love doing. That That's in a different <laughs> journal to my morning pages. Is it, And I do this one at night, is looking out and looking for evidence that the universe is working in your on your behalf because quite often things are happening and we're not aware of them. And if you know what it is you're trying to create with your vision and everything, you can you can go out and find out that your vision is already here most of the time. Mm. It's not in the form you thought it was, but just you know making, you know writing down evidence that you know for me, I be having community. And when I go and I have um, coffee with a, a group of women, and network, that's it's evidence that there's community out there. And there's different things that you can just write anytime you notice. Oh yeah, it is there. Mm. And by, by writing it, you become more aware of it because you know that you need to be aware because you're going to write it. And it's amazing what, what you become aware of. And then you realise, hang on, well, the universe does have my back. Mm. It is working in my favour. It's not all doom and gloom and I'm on my own. It's just like, so, yeah, that, so that, we'll make that number four, evidence okay. journal because I love my evidence journal. <laughs> I think the evidence journal is just one of the most profound exercises to do and, and and the other thing that it actually does too is you know when you set your vision for the day and i suggest people only ever do that for the day set your vision for the day and then go out and find evidence that it's happening um is that when you actually write it you're embedding on a neurological mm. level again that that's my vision and there are things happening yeah the next day then you go out and you look for it you don't just wait for it to happen you go out and you look for stuff you know like 
if I go to Aldi and there's a, you know, there's a trolley there for me. Well, that's evidence, man, that the universe has totally got me. <laughs> that's right. I get a car park right next to the front door. <laughs> Hashtag winning. Because <laughs> people think that's silly, but it, it, you're right. It just puts it inside that the things are happening and we, they're things yeah. that we, we don't normally notice. Yeah, and your focus we, we, is on you. Your focus yeah. is on your vision, you working with the universe and how you're feeling. The, fo- the energy and the awareness is all in. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we could talk all day, but we don't have all day because actually both of us have another meeting coming up shortly <laughs> So that we both have to be on. So I mean, thank you for being part of Margaret Woman TV. Now, Karen's also cover girl of the April issue of the Margaret Woman magazine and has written a gorgeous article. So if you want to read more about what Karen does and within the magazine, you'll find all of the links to her social media to her websites, everything, it's all in the magazine. So pop over there, read it, and you'll find out so much about what Karen does. And Karen, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, the bottom of my bottom, as you would say. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you, Karen's funny. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. (laughs) I want to thank you, Kaz, for being part of Margaret Woman TV. I so much want to thank you from the deepest part of me for being part of my life because my life just changed seven, wherever it was, seven years ago when I met you. It's like you turned it upside down, shook it around, flipped it around a few times and we've been on a journey together. It's been unbelievable but I would not have missed one bit of it for anything in the world because you are my dearest heart. I love you beyond anything. And you are making such a difference in the world. And I'm so proud to call you a friend. Oh, my love. See, now I could stop again. But we've got another, you know. <laughs> it's all right. You can stop on the next one. That one's okay. <laughs> okay, I'll come But thank you. That's so beautiful. And you know what? I feel like now our journeys are just beginning, you know. You know, things are just, we're just, we've been doing this together for so long and we feel, I feel like, okay, so now it's just, we're just beginning again. You know, there's a whole new revelation. It is. And it, that's it. It's not, it's, it, there's a never ending journey. We just continue to learn and grow and expand and you think you're there and then you're, oh, there's another, another level. It's like, oh, how many more levels are there? I oh, know you're a couple of levels ahead of me. So I just go, okay, well, I've just got to keep trying to catch up. I get tired sometimes. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you for everybody that's listened to today's video. It's been an absolute treat to share this time with you. And I'm so excited about this whole Marga woman movement. And it's so about time. We, mm-hmm. we have got the most perfect person leading the charge. So thank you for coming up with this because there's nobody doing it. So um, I think it's profound and I think it's amazing. So we're all very, very blessed to follow you, my love. Very thank blessed. Thank you so much. So from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now. Well, did you enjoy listening to that Wise Woman's Conversation? Please let me know what you thought by leaving a comment on the Market Woman Project website or giving the podcast a review in iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to this podcast. Please share this podcast with other wise women who you think would like to listen. And remember, you are a wise woman. I want to thank you for listening today and until next time, from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye.